I want to start off by sharing uh, a little story. Yeah, uh, way back when I was back in US in Fayin Monastery. So uh, my senior Dharma brother, uh, so uh, at that point in time, my teacher has already passed away. So uh, on occasion, uh, I will um, consult him on the Dharma. I will seek his advice. Um, sometimes I'll complain to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being one of the few who is uh, who speaks uh, English, so I was also tasked to um, attend to general affairs, yeah, uh, to attend to the repair and maintenance of the monastery. So as a result, um, whenever repair job needs to be done, I need to go and look for the repair vendor and then arrange for timing uh, for the repair and when they come I need to attend to them I need to be there physically so then it takes me away from my own reading, my own reflection, my own meditation yeah. and <laughs> the funny thing about the repair person is that he always, he oftentimes come um, on Sunday yeah. So Sunday is our one day practice. So just when I'm about to settle down and you know have some sitting, then the repair person come. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes my my um, the, the the my senior Dharma brother, Siddhartha, he will come to the Dharma hall, the meditation hall, and then he will snap the finger. Yeah, to alert me. Uh, sometimes he will snap a bit softer and when it's a bit softer <laughs> I act blur and then he have to snap a few more times then I will okay I'll, I will respond so one day uh, one day I, I I was a bit frustrated so I complained to him I told him like uh, with all this uh um, maintenance job, all these things going on. Like, how do I practice? You know, um, yeah, it's very disruptive. Hmm. So, um, yeah, basically telling him that you know, look, this seems this doesn't seem to be what I sign up for. You know, I sign up to come here, ordain and become a monk here, so that I can do. Um, my practice day in day out. Then in the end, I'm always take, drawn away to do all this, uh, uh, in a way, administrative and um, what do you call that, uh, logistic work. Uh. So, in response, he told me he said uh, he he told me a few things. Yeah, uh, in a way, over time, I think. He told me three different things. The first thing he told me was, this is not so bad. At least I still get to attend class and the repair isn't so frequent, which is true. Yeah, in, in, in reality, yeah. Um, 
then he related how when uh, many years back when the, that monastery wasn't uh, built up yet so whenever there's class my teacher our teacher would actually ask him to when uh, like basically my teacher assigned him to attend to the building of the monastery yeah uh, so construction work itself uh, to layers with the construction company to build up the main hall which is completely new and the admin block with the dining hall yeah, these two parts are new the dormitories are existing building and then there's another dormitory which is additional uh, yeah so he told me like that was even worse because while everybody is attending class sometimes you have to go and attend to the uh, site yeah so <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like well that's your conditions are not my condition <laughs> Uh, when I was much younger uh, as a junior monk then another time he told me he said um, he, he told me about the nuns in the other campus so back in US we have two campus one for the monks one for the nuns separated by 45 minutes of drive so they, are in, they were back in Wadito we are in Tahoe's in Shadow Mountain uh, Road 217 uh, so he told me that while in the nuns campus they have a lot more nuns so when you rotate the duties you may not do the, the frequency for the duties may not be so high but because it's uh, larger com uh, there are when, you have, when there are more people there are more things to be done as well in a way so uh, he said when he has to go to the nuns campus to attend to certain matters he observes something yeah. when the nuns are on duty say for example office duty so when you're on office duty you have to mend the office phone yeah. so when, when there's a call you pick it up and basically you are, you are the call center <laughs> yeah, you are the receptionist and uh, they will basically uh, pass messages or they will uh, look for the relevant nuns to uh, answer the call. So he said the way they, they, uh, some of the nuns conduct themselves when they're on office duty is they'll sit there at the office table um, and meditate. They'll just go there, sit there and meditate. And when the phone rings, they will exit from meditation, answer the call, attend to it, take messages if needed, uh, go and look for other nuns to answer the call if needed, and then, when it's done, uh, they will just resume their sitting. So, there's, so as a result, if they are on duty for two hours, they are just doing their sitting for two hours, with some intermission. So they make full use of that time. And if they are on driver duty, yeah. So back in the states, we don't we don't really have much of uh, lay lay support, so we have to do everything ourselves. So sometimes we are on on driver duty. So when they are on driver duty, uh, what they do is the the duty driver nun would 
drive the uh, vehicle from the garage and then uh, go to the main lobby wait for the respective duty personnel to get in the duty nuns to get in so once they get in she will drive everybody down to the respective locations and then he will, she will just stay in the, in the truck in the van and meditate and when it's time she will pick up each of them respectively and then drive back to the mon- to the nunnery uh, to our south campus and then um, park the car check in and then continue with her practice yeah so when she when my uh, senior monk told me this <laughs> I, I was I was speechless uh. <laughs> I mean what can you say to that right yeah I was I was uh, quite put to shame in a way um, and also very inspired that yeah actually it's really up to us isn't it mm. to find time to make time to do our practices there are so many um, in-between timing for us to um, use, but oftentimes we waste it away. Yeah. So in conclusion, then he told me, he said, if you wait for the right conditions to practice, uh, you will never practice. Yeah. You will never practice. Uh, you must practice now. Yeah. Whenever whatever conditions you are in you must start practicing now otherwise you will never practice uh, he said there are some lay disciples who say that uh, they, they, are, they still have kids or they, they still have this they still have that or they still have work uh, they will start practicing when they have retired yeah, or when their kids are grown up but when their kids are grown up then Sometimes the expenses are there. Then they say, oh, when I retire, then I practice. Then, then when they retire and they practice, they say they have their grandkids to take care of. When their grandkids are grown up, then they say they are too old, they can't practice. <laughs> yeah. So, what conditions are required for us to practice? In one of the sutta, the Buddha said, there are those who say that it is too early, so they can't practice. It is too late, they can't practice. So, like maybe they wake up too early, then they say they cannot practice. Or maybe they wake up late, so they can't. They say they can't practice. Or maybe it's too cold, so they can't practice. Or it's too hot, so they can't practice. Yeah. Or or they they are hungry, so they can't practice. Or they are too full, so they can't practice. Yeah. So, <laughs> if a person have this kind of mindset. Um, waiting for the perfect condition, they'll, they'll never practice. Yeah, such a person. Um, yeah, the the they are, they they haven't put in the the right mindset towards practices. Oh.